You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 50. Happy Anniversary. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 50 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hey, Brian. 50 episodes. Woohoo! Yes, we made it to 50. The golden episode. Now, besides that this is the 50th episode, we've reached that milestone. Also, this week was the one-year anniversary of the premiere of Episode 7 of the Geek Watch Podcast, which we broadcast after a bit of a hiatus, and it was also where we introduced the audience to Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. So this uh, ha- is my anniversary. Yes, it's Aww. been, we have been doing this for a year. One year. Excellent. And, and so a couple things that I wanted to mention, of course, is that I've been going back and listening to a lot of the episodes and reminding myself of the things that we've managed to accomplish over the last year. And I can definitely tell a difference in the stuff that I've been able to do because I've been able to improve myself in front of the microphone and behind it. And definitely, Manny, you have a lot to do with that. You've brought a lot to the show in the past year. There's been a lot of growth in the show, and you've certainly inspired me to step my game up, certainly. Thank you. And again, thank you. You know, back a year ago, I thanked you for the opportunity, and I really appreciate it. And I've had so much fun doing this, and it's made me take a critical look at all of my media interests, I suppose, uh, would be a good way to put it, be it literature, movies, whatever it's happening. It's made me take a much more critical look than I ever have before. Oh. Well, and I can definitely tell you the fact that you're reliable, that I can count on you to be here every week. I mean, we've had to take a couple of breaks for, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Good reasons, but... Like holidays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're definitely going to be taking holiday breaks and that sort of thing. But yeah. the fact that you know, you come here... I can definitely count on you and also, you know, just your enthusiasm about everything. It certainly has made me, like I said, step my game up a a great deal. I did want to mention I've been going over a few things looking at statistics on the podcast because we broadcast in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's very hard to get uh, analytics for the channel. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I was looking at that is because now we have added Spotify, so we are now okay. on Spotify. So mm-hmm. if you're just now hearing us from Spotify, welcome, Geek Watchers. But one of the things I found interesting is, though, of course, we're, we're slowly growing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have millions and millions of listeners. But as I was going through the analytics, I was looking at the different countries that are listening to the Geek Watch podcast. And so how many countries do you think... Uh, we have Geek Watch listeners. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Well, it's difficult to lock all this down, but yeah. at the last count, I have 38. Really? So here's the list from highest to lowest. The United States, obviously. Number one. Right. The Netherlands, Japan, the United Kingdom, Turkey, the Philippines, Mexico, the Russian Federation, Argentina, Spain, Brazil, Australia, Canada, India, Egypt, France, Peru, Colombia, Greece, Ireland, Ecuador, Ukraine, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Indonesia, Germany, Finland, Bangladesh, Belarus, Papua New Guinea, 
Bolivian Republic of Venezuela, Oman, Italy, Kazakhstan, Nepal, Lithuania, Chile, and Sri Lanka. Yes. Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Do you hear that, Sri Lanka? You need to, to step up your game. You're in the bottom right now, so <laughs> get all the way back up here with the United States. There you go. Talk to your friends. That is so brilliant, Brian. It's so cool. Uh, thank you all out there, listeners. You are amazing. Oh, yes, and it's definitely the reason why we do it, and... Looking forward to 2019. We will have one more show of the year. We will be doing a year-end show next week. And then, of course, we'll be breaking for Christmas. Because of the timing of next week's show, iTunes may be a little bit late putting us up. Because they're going to be running on a on a smaller staff, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, if there's a delay in iTunes, give it a day or two and we should be up. Now, before we get started, something else that I wanted to mention, because it's hit the news locally, and I definitely wanted to tip my hat to this. We had talked about the Ghostbusters West Virginia and their toy drive, and the numbers are now in, and they were able to donate over $20,000 worth of toys to the children's home. It is jaw-dropping. I mean, I teared up when I heard that, and when I heard, you know, our speakers speaking about it it was just amazing yeah i just wanted to take a moment to say you know congratulations to the to the ghostbusters west virginia division you're doing great work i was absolutely gobsmacked at the amount of good that you guys have been able to do and i wanted to acknowledge that and say thank you for all that you do for the children of west virginia and thank you to all who are listening who donated Mm mm-hmm and let's talk a little bit of trailer madness. Trailer madness. <laughs> trailer madness. I'm not sure what trailers came out, or maybe well, I watched them and didn't realize I did. <laughs> well, one that we absolutely have to mention, because last week we talked about the Avengers trailer and why it hadn't come out. Now, some people may have been listening to the podcast, because we released it on Saturday, and because of scheduling, we normally record on Thursday. We're recording on Thursday now, right now but yeah. last week we recorded on Tuesday. And so there was a lot of space between when we recorded and then when we released on Saturday. And wouldn't you know it, Friday, Marvel decided to mess with us. I had forgotten that we hadn't talked about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we were speculating when we might actually see one. And, of course, by the time we posted, we were saying, well, we don't know when it's coming out. Yes, we saw the trailer. We did, we just but not record- in time, yes. We had recorded, so... And you and I have talked about it, like, at lunch and stuff, just not actually recorded what we talked about. <laughs> right. So we did finally get an Avengers trailer, and now we're finally talking about it uh, mm-hmm. days later. But, wow. To me, it was excellently put together, and they did a great job at making me... You know, really excited to see the movie without giving me any spoilers whatsoever. We only saw characters that we absolutely know are alive. And, you know, it pulled on your heartstrings and made you realize what everyone is going through post-Infinity War. Yeah, I was going over the trailer, and there are a few things that I I wondered about. Of course, you had those pictures popping up of people that dusted they'd been dusted Mm -hmm. or they didn't know where they were that's why you had scott lang as one of the pictures but it looked like shuri was one of the pictures now from what the russo brothers said that she wasn't snapped out of existence but if she's missing what happened Mm -hmm. that's going to be a huge question i have to agree with you they were able to give a lot of enthusiasm for the movie without giving a whole Mm -hmm. lot away but that seemed at the beginning with with tony stark Yeah, that accidentally launched a 
viral guerrilla campaign mm -hmm. toward NASA. <laughs> yes. Everyone was questioning why NASA wasn't helping Tony Stark, and that was brilliant. And their response was brilliant. Yeah, it's like, please stop asking us. Mm -hmm. well, of course, keep in mind, they're down to half staff now. Mm -hmm. But then later they came back and suggested that ground crews start looking for Tony Stark. So, you know, of course, in my mind, I went ground control to Tony Stark, Stark. <laughs> or Iron Man. <laughs> One thing that I noticed that kind of messed up, but when they went to the Avengers compound, I noticed that uh, half the parking spaces were empty. <laughs> but there's been a lot of talk about what we can expect in this new movie, and they're saying a, a threat even bigger than Thanos is going to be the big bad in the movie. So... Hmm. There's no telling what... And like then Thanos said, fixed it so that we can't fight it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's maybe the, the situation. So, what we have coming, of course, I mean, we've been teased about it, but, well, like I said, if they had never put out a trailer, I was going to go see this movie, because I'm very eager to see what they have... Uh, How this resolves. Yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Yeah, certainly there. what they gave us in the trailer, your interest wasn't piqued for some reason. I'm sure that, that that really did it for you. Of course, another trailer that came out was the Godzilla King of the Monsters trailer. Yeah, I, I watched that. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, if you weren't excited about that movie, crazy kaiju action. I mean, <laughs> and I was never, you know, that big a monster movie fan or anything like that but seeing it it looks interesting and you know i'm watching it uh with someone who is very excited about it and he's like oh this name of this thing and i'm like the hydra he's like yeah yeah but it's called this king, king of the monster king Ghidorah. king yeah that oh, yeah. thing right there yeah so. <laughs> three-headed dragon that shoots lightning out of was it mouth. just three heads yes oh it looked like more okay yeah it Ghidorah is a three-headed dragon that has lightning breath basically huh. and in the trailer looks to be somewhat larger than Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw Rodan. And the, Mothra. The Mothra is very pretty. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Mothra is, is usually on the side of humanity. Mm -hmm. And I know on the website, Mothra was referred to as the queen of the monsters. Hmm. So we look for eggs around. But, um, oh, yeah. You know, and talked about it before. When are we going to get Gamera? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Two different companies. But come on. Where's, where's our, our Gamera? Where's our atomic turtle hookup? We yes. definitely need that. There was another trailer that came out this week. Because we've been talking about James Gunn. And he hasn't written this movie or directed it. He's just producing it. But they certainly slapped his name on it. Brightburn. Are you familiar with this one? No. Uh -uh. Well, see if the story sounds familiar. Okay. So you have this couple. They live out on a farm, and they want children, but for some reason can't have them. When suddenly something drops out of the sky, they go into the woods, and they find the spaceship. And inside the spaceship is the baby. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, Rapunzel. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, bright burn. And for some reason, this infant develops superpowers. Really? Yeah. Uh -huh. And so it's like... This sounds a lot like something... E.T. No. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Now, here's where things go a little bit differently. Because this kid becomes very fixated on superhero iconography. He wants to put a mask on and wear a cape and, and all that stuff. There's this strange glyph that he keeps writing over and over again that looks like two Bs. It's like a diamond-shaped uh, figure eight okay. with a bar that goes through it. 
and that's the sort of this glyph that like a I butterfly. Guess, yeah, too. Yeah, kind of like okay. that, and uh, the double B, I guess, like Brightburn. Now, the other thing about this movie is that this kid, there's something wrong with him. Apparently, uh, he's. Uh, not very nice to human beings. He seems to have Superman's powers and the temperament of a young serial killer. Oh, wonderful. So okay. apparently this is a superhero horror movie. Oh, wow. So what would happen if Superman as a child was a serial killer, was the a murderer? Antichrist. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. So they're basically taking the Superman myth and they're turning it on its head and sending it straight to hell. Yeah, so. or pulling it out of hell seems to me like, but instead of, you know, the baby being born out of a jackal uh, like Damien was, he's falling out of the sky. Hmm. So we've got the omen, but in... The super, super omen. Super omen. Yeah, the super omen. Mm-hmm. Now, one last trailer that I want to talk about. It's not a trailer that any of us have seen. In fact, you would not have seen it unless you were at Brazil Comic Con this week. We got a trailer for the new Spider-Man movie. Far From Home? Yes. Oh, was Peter Parker there? Yes. Okay. Yes, Tom Holland. Oh, Tom spoiler! Holland. He's alive! <laughs> <laughs> of course. he. But Tom Holland was at Brazil Comic Con and uh, some of the other actors. Jake Gyllenhaal was there also, and they really talked up the movie. And so what we know about it so far from descriptions, we've not seen the trailer yet, but hopefully we'll see it soon. But what people have said that they've seen out of the trailer was there's a scene where uh, Happy is being rather flirtatious with Aunt May. There seemed to be some sort of a flirtation going on, which I have a feeling Peter Parker's not going to be that cool with, but we'll see what happens. We also find out that basically the plot of the story is that Peter Parker's school is going on a field trip to Europe. Great school, huh? Yeah. But Peter decides to leave his Spider-Man costume behind because, hey, I'm a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I'm not going to be doing Spider- They're going to search my luggage. (laughs) That's a good point, too. But he decides, look, if I'm going on a school trip, I'm going to be in Europe. I'm just going to be Peter Parker. And, of course, that, that doesn't work out too well. Do they go to London? I believe so. Because I tell you, a spider web on the London Eye, the, <laughs> or the, the millennial wheel, you know, the, the big Ferris wheel over right. there would be really cool. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, apparently what happens is there is a group of villains that call themselves the Elementals. And we know that there are two people that are in this group are Spider-Man villains that I remember back in the comics. We have Hydro-Man and we have the Molten Man. Apparently, they're getting ready to start up some trouble, and Nick Fury shows up to basically draft Spider-Man in to help with this situation. Is it our Nick Fury? Is it Samuel L. Jackson? Yes. Okay, all right. Way to yes. go for dropping over at Sony. Thanks, Sam. There you go. So, apparently, Nick Fury has to give Spider-Man a costume. If you've seen this black costume that people have been talking about, this very secret ops-looking kind of a costume that that came from Nick Fury. Now, what they also mentioned was Spider-Man wasn't the only person that Nick Fury drafted in for this special ops mission. He also brings in Mysterio, and so Mysterio will be working with Spider-Man to fight the Elementals. Now, Uh here's the thing. Isn't Mysterio a villain? Well, in the comics he is, but in the comics at the beginning... What he did was he pretended to be a hero. And so I'm having the feeling that Mysterio... They're setting him up. 
to be the villain. Yes, that he's mm-hmm. the villain, that he's probably responsible for the elementals. And that's my guess, okay. is that Mysterio is going to appear to be an ally at the beginning, and he's going to flip mm. the script. That he's No, they flip-flop all the time. You know, a couple of years ago, Sabretooth was a good guy, so everyone flip-flops all the time. Right. Yeah. But that's been Mysterio's M.O., is he's not what he seems to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally his weapon, is his ability to create illusion. You know, whether physical illusion or mental or psychological. And mm-hmm. so that's where I see the story going. But hopefully that trailer will show up in the United States soon, because I definitely want to see mm-hmm. it. So we will see how that goes. Since we're talking movies, let's talk a couple of things about movies really quickly. Peter Jackson, he's got a film out now called They Shall Not Grow Old. Have you heard about this one? No. He basically took a lot of World War One footage, and mm. he cleaned it up, and he colorized it, and a lot of people are saying it's really cool to see, but it's also kind of creepy because you feel like World War One happened yesterday. It looks that good. Mm-hmm. But it's a great documentary on World War One, and Peter Jackson decided, hey, you know, I should try to restore some other films. And so he's decided to do a clean-up and restore of his first four movies. I remember the zombie one. I don't know what else he did. For the geek watchers out there that might be a little bit younger and thought that when I said his older movies, thinking, what, he's going to retouch Lord of the Rings? (laughs) No. Yeah. uh, Peter Jackson, when he was younger, like a lot of us in our younger days, did some, (laughs) was really into some weird stuff. Peter Jackson's movies in the beginning were not what you're probably used to now. And the four movies that we're talking about are Bad Taste, Meet the Feebles. That was him? Yeah. I didn't know Meet the Feebles was Peter Jackson. Oh, yes. What? Uh, dead Alive and Heavenly Creatures. Oh, Dead Alive. That's what I was thinking was uh, right. Was brain dead. Yeah. And these movies are basically what Peter Jackson, in early in his career, when he first started making movies, what he wanted to do, basically, was... The cinematic equivalent of blowing your brains out the back of your head. This was his... I mean, we have a movie called Bad Taste. That was his first movie. This is a movie that has a scene of aliens regurgitating and drinking each other's vomit. There were no Fs given. We'll just put it that way. Uh And we're going to see some restorations of these movies that I think some people who are only used to him nowadays might be shocked he's like is this the same guy yeah i know about dead alive Mm. the zombie movie with the stop motion monkey puppet that was something out of nightmares and then meet the feebles was before happy time murders this was the muppet show but for (laughs) i don't even know if r-rated audiences would want to see meet the feebles it was very brutal. Puppet movie. Yeah, it was one of those moments where you're like, I, I can't believe I saw what I saw, and I want to definitely forget what I saw. Mm-hmm. And the Heaven one, I have no idea about that. Oh, I've yeah. i never heard of that. It was the last of, I would say, his... Video, Weird trilogy? Or? Yeah, his, his video nasties. I mean, that mm-hmm. that was his inspiration, was those... The video nasties that were difficult to release them out in video because video stores wouldn't carry them. And, of course, he ran into a lot of those those issues with his movies early on. Now, of course, he's went on to do other things, but I haven't seen Bad Taste in a, in a while. I, 
I was watching that in my 20s. Back when I was first getting into horror and watching horror movies, and I just wanted to see everything that was out there, and I just didn't care. And I'm like, I heard about this movie. Everybody's talking about it. I got to see what the buzz is all about. (laughs) And I was like, wow, this is a brand new world I'm not used to. (laughs) Yeah. But eventually those films will be out. Bad Taste in Blu-ray. I don't know if anybody's ready for that yet. (laughs) When that comes out uh, and these movies come out, I think people are going to be shocked. They're going to be like, I I can't believe it. But having these films out. He made The Hobbit. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, Lord of the Rings, Galadriel. It's like, why are you doing this? But like I said, I don't know if audiences are prepared for this, but it'll be fun to revisit those movies again. Like I said, I've never seen a clean version of... When I say clean, I should say <laughs> I've not seen a pristine copy of this. I watched it on VHS, mm-hmm. and I've got it at a video store. So, of course, you know, it had been well-worn, and to see it in all its pristine beauty, I can't wait. I, I, I don't know if it, I may be the only person looking forward to it, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Now, let's talk a little bit of Sunday TV, because we did get the... Season finale of Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. And I know you didn't get a chance to see it. I, I did been... not. I had family over. We just didn't get around to it. So I'm hoping to catch it on Saturday. Oh, yeah. On the reshow. The name of the episode was The Battle of Ranscore of Kolos. And let me go ahead and just say this uh, right now. Probably one of the worst titles that you could come up with on any kind of a show for yeah. it. Yeah. Because who's going to remember it? You know, the only reason that I remember it is I've got it written on a piece of paper here. And mm-hmm. so. You could probably tell I was trying to sound this thing out, but not the best title for an episode, but that was something that I've noticed a couple of times where they've come out with some weird titles for these episodes of Doctor Who that are just not really good, in my opinion, because they're not going to be things that people are going to remember. And I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail about this episode. Maybe we can hold off on it till you've seen it, and we may talk Mm -hmm. about it next week, but... To be honest, one of the problems I had with the episode is it's probably, in my mind, the worst of the series. Oh, that's upsetting. And because I think the writing is really lazy. Uh, There are a lot uh of people doing things because the plot needs them to do it. I admit I'm overly sensitive to those sort of things, but the reason that I am is that, especially when I was starting out as a writer, I was very prone to doing that type of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, when I see it, I really notice it. Mm -hmm. But I was really bad of basically doing idiot plots where people were doing things that didn't serve themselves. It just served the plot I was trying to create. And it took Tom Montleone and the Borderlands boot camp to basically (laughs) beat that out of me. Uh Uh, I mean that, of course, metaphorically speaking, but it certainly felt like physically. But (laughs) it took them driving it into my head that you can't do that. And so, obviously, when I see it in somebody else's work... I tend to gravitate toward it and notice it in a huge way. And I'm seeing a lot of that here in this episode, which was very disappointing because the season finale show is supposed to be a big deal. And in this case, it really is not. Mm. And one of the reasons for that, of course, is the choices that they made about not having a through line. And when you don't have a through line, what you lose is profluence. You don't have that narrative pull that makes you... The driving force. The driving Mm -hmm. force of the show, of wanting to see that last episode. So you don't really have it. And there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about in the episode, but I think I want to wait until you've seen it. Okay. And we'll talk about it next week. But one of the things that we talked about last week, and I I don't think it's going to spoil anything to tell you this part of it, 
but we were hoping that there might be a tease for the New Year's episode. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get any of that. Oh, not at all. Well, that's upsetting because yeah. they're the rumors, you know. And I've just been seeing, you know, internet, you know, headlines, Daleks on the New Year's episode, and wouldn't that be awesome to see Jodie Whittaker fight Daleks? I think it's time for her to step into the world of past Doctor Who. Don't get me wrong; I have enjoyed this season of Doctor Who. I would have wanted more out of this last episode. And I certainly would have wanted the writing to be better. Mm-hmm. And what concerns me about this is after the New Year's episode, they've BBC's already confirmed. That's the last until... 2020. Right. And especially with having that long of a delay. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. That's We've had those delays in the past. I mean, the, the latest one was you know, Peter Capaldi. There was an entire year we didn't get him. And we, we got a Christmas episode, and we didn't see him again until the next Christmas episode. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that made things very difficult, especially when you're dealing with a brand new doctor. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, but this is sort of par for the course when it comes to BBC. I mean, we look at Sherlock, it's been on for about 10 years and we have what, seven episodes. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the way the BBC is, you know, slow moving. Every production is like its own movie. And yeah. So, I mean, that's what we can always look forward to and we can always count on. Well, I mean, certainly I'm worried about the momentum being killed on the show, especially with the fact that since we don't have that narrative pull, they're certainly going to need to to have that in the New Year's episode because we got a year to wait before we're going to see anything from them again. Mm-hmm. And so they need to really knock that out of the park. And my worry is, after looking over this season... I'm worried that maybe Chris Chibnall might be a good writer, but maybe he's not a great writer. Mm-hmm. And especially with Doctor Who, you need great writing mm-hmm. because that's where the strength of the show is. And it seems to me like they're a little bit scared about being able to pull off a, a big story. And I think when you add the the fact that they say, well, we don't want to do Christmas episodes anymore because we've run out of ideas. <laughs> I mean, this is a brand new showrunner. Mm-hmm. I mean, you shouldn't have run out of ideas by now. You could never run out of ideas. I mean, just look at the Hallmark Channel. Yeah. <laughs> the Hallmark Channel has 370 million Christmas movies. Right. And so... <laughs> you can't run out of Christmas no. ideas. I mean, a lot of the Christmas episodes, Christmas was tangential to the story. It mm-hmm. wasn't the main part of the story. But the one big thing about the Christmas episodes are... It's always the show that hits you right in the feels. Mm -hmm. That's the point of the Christmas episodes. And it worries me that we have a showrunner that might be afraid of having to come up with a script like that. And I'm like, well, those are the type of scripts that you need to have in Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we'll talk more about the episode next week, you know, before the Christmas break. And we'll also talk about what we're uh, hoping for in the New Year episode because by the time we're, we're doing podcasts of the new year, we've already seen that episode and we can talk about it. So. Right. Now, before we go, the one thing that I definitely wanted to talk about, because we mentioned this last week, was the CW crossover. Yeah, that Elseworld. The Elseworld crossover, which yeah. I decided to go ahead and watch. Uh-huh. So I saw all three nights of the crossover, which made uh, Doctor Who a little bit difficult. I had to watch Doctor Who on iTunes mm-hmm. because... Both the episodes were on at the same time. Simultaneously. Simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't want to go into a whole lot of spoilers for people who haven't seen it yet. 
But the crossovers are a yearly thing. They bring all the CW shows together, or most of them. Hmm. Once a year, it's sort of like a, a yearly thing, and they even make a joke in the episode about, God, it feels like we do this every year, doesn't it? Yes. It's like but, Buffy and said the Hellmouth uh, acts up about May. Yeah. <laughs> about every May. About every May. <laughs> but I know a lot of people who watch the CW shows. Now, I, I will say this. I've, of course, expressed my disappointment in a lot of the DC movies. But I have to say that a lot of people who watch the CW shows seem to be a lot more disappointed in the movies than I were. Mm. And I'm kind of seeing why. Now, obviously, they don't have movie budgets, and it, it shows in the TV show. But there's a lot of good stuff there. Mm-hmm. I have to say, the actor they got playing Superman, and Superman appears in these episodes oh, and wow. plays a role in... Apparently, Superman has been a part of Supergirl for a while, although you might worry that Superman would overshadow Supergirl doesn't at all. But I will say that that having Superman in these episodes gave these TV shows something that Man of Steel, Justice League, Batman v Superman didn't have. And that is it had Superman. <laughs> well hey, um he Burn was- Bright might have Superman. <laughs> yeah. Well, might have the Superman we're used to in the movies, we'll say. But uh-huh. I bought this guy with Superman, and he was the Superman I, that I remember, somebody who wanted to help people. And, and we had talked about that the crossover seemed to be going into the territory of Crisis and Infinite Earths. Although it didn't really go into that territory, it pointed to the fact that, you know, that the crossover they're going to do next year is absolutely going to be Crisis mm, on Infinite, mm-hmm. uh, Infinite Earths. Because they announced it as such. That's what they're calling it. Where this year it was called Elseworlds, mm-hmm. which in the comics is a series of comic books where you have alternate history. Okay. Which was a, a big part of what these the three-day crossover was. Was basically reality being swapped around a lot. Mm-hmm. And so they were, in, in a sense, they were Elseworlds stories. But... Crisis on Infinite Earths is going to be the name of the crossover. And there was a lot of stuff in these episodes where they were saying there's something coming that's that's really dangerous, the most dangerous thing you guys have ever faced. And they've been playing that off, and we got a tease at the end for Psycho Pirate, a character that's in DC similar to Deadpool in the fact that he breaks the fourth wall. Hmm. He knows. Okay. He talks to the reader in the comic books because he knows he's a comic book character. Okay. And of course, he gets locked up as being insane because what would you do with somebody who walked around saying, "Oh, dude, we're just all people in a comic book." Mm-hmm. But he knows that's the case, mm-hmm. and so he knows. He's like Truman Show delusion, which is a an actual diagnosis now. Yeah. Someone who has the delusion that their life is being secretly filmed for right. an audience. But that gives him the ability to read ahead. And so he played a big role in Crisis on Infinite Earths because he knew about what was going to happen. So I figure he's going to play a huge role in the next crossover. But Mm -hmm. I got to say, you can definitely tell it's a limited budget, but man, was it some entertaining television. And even though I understand there's things that I didn't catch because I'm not familiar with the shows, but they really stood on their own. And I got to tell you, Ruby Rose as Batwoman kicks much butt awesome i'm hoping we see a lot more of that character and we see more of gotham but like i said i I was very impressed with what they put out there i was really impressed with the shows with the crossovers the actors that they got playing the different characters 
and how they interact with each other. I thought it was some really good television. I can see why people are really enthusiastic about the CW shows. I can see why some people were saying, God, why don't you just bring that actor in to play The Flash? I mean, you've already got a great actor playing The Flash. You don't need somebody else. And I, I enjoyed it. I even I really enjoyed also, there was a... Back in the 90s, there was a Flash TV show on CBS. Hmm. And the actor who played the Flash, Barry Allen, apparently they've brought him in to, one, play Wally West's dad. Aww. They brought him in to do that. Of course, unfortunately, he winds up dying during the course of the series. But then they also bring him in to play Jay Garrick, which is the Golden Age Flash, the guy that had the uh, dish with the wings on his head. Who, mm. Yeah, the helmet of Mercury. But since there's all these alternate universes, they brought him in to play the character he played in the 90s. He had the costume and everything. He oh, had the, brilliant. And so brilliant. I love the heck out of it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that was a lot of fun because, of course, I remember watching that show when I was much younger. So there was a lot of nods to certain things. The other thing that I thought was inter- an interesting Easter egg was they were in Arkham Asylum, and Nora Freeze was there, who was Mr. Freeze's yeah, yeah, wife. wife. And apparently she was locked in there for some reason. Was she awake? She was awake. Hmm. And she winds up grabbing her husband's freeze gun to attack our heroes. But something else that they had on the shelves while she's looking for everything was Bane's mask from The Dark Knight Rises. Really? The actual mask. And I'm <laughs> like, like I said, I, I really enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the 3 day. I can see why people have been very enthusiastic. I've been reading some stuff about things that have happened, you know, in The Flash. And wow, they, you know, what they lack in a budget, they surely make up for in storytelling. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's happened in that show. Like I said, uh, character development and plot, that's where, you know, they definitely put in their work. And so really enjoyed watching the three-day event. And I'm probably going to have to go back and start watching some of these episodes because that's been, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I had no idea. Right. I had no idea. And so with that said, we come to the end of another podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch podcast is a Hanging J production.